the message you're about to listen to is produced by the Trans Edge Church. We believe you will be blessed and changed by it. The Trans Edge change is inevitable. You see, one thing with the word is that you've got to prepare your heart for it. Don't let it make you feel good. You feel good before the word comes. Because that's when you actually get it. You know, David said, I was glad when they said to me. So he hasn't even gotten to the house of God yet. He said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go. So it's just the idea of being in the presence of God. It's just the idea of being in the presence of someone that you love. Oh, come on. You, you're glad. You're excited. Let's say your loved one has been, you know, long gone somewhere in the East Coast, wherever that is. And then he or she says, I'm coming back home in two days. How does that make you feel? You'd be excited. Unless otherwise you're weird. But you'd really be excited. You'd be feeling like, oh man, come on. She's coming back home. He's coming home. Can't wait. You know, it might not be your significant other. It could be your child. It could be a son or a daughter. Or a long gone friend. And you can't wait to have them back home. David said again, I was glad when they said to me. You see, is the thought of being in the house of God. Is the thought of being in the presence of the master. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of God. So I hope you are glad tonight. Because things are changing for the better. And I'm ready for it. I'm not sure if you are, but I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Things are changing for the better, and I'm ready for it. Tonight, I'm talking about pointing to Jesus. And the title of my message tonight is, Feel Free to Point to Jesus. Feel free to point to Jesus. Feel free. And my text is taken from John chapter 5. And we're going to pay more attention on verse 7 to 12. But just to be able to understand the context, I would like us to read from verse 1. John chapter 5. Now I'm reading from the King James Version. I'm not sure what version you have up there. Okay, we can read from the New International Version. It says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. You know, a few months ago, Pastor Victor counted, you know, preached on this verse. And he was talking about something a bit different from what I'm talking about tonight. 
In verse 3 it says, Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? He asked him. He's been there in the same condition. For how long? Thank you. Looks like you're the only one here tonight. For 38 years, he was there in that same condition. He was paralyzed. And Jesus went to him and said, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once, in other words, immediately, right that very moment, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. Can we read that together? But he said to him, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? Who is this fellow? The man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. He's been in that condition for 38 years. He had suffered a whole lot of things. Think about the woman with the issue of blood, right? She was in that condition for how long? For 12 years. She'd suffered a whole lot of things. I'm not quite sure what condition you are in that you think it's been like forever and you've endured a lot of things. But this guy is saying, now the man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. You see, at times, when your miracle breaks every precedence and makes people doubt its authenticity, don't fret. Feel free to point to Jesus. Do you know that he was in trouble for picking up his mat? You get it? He was in trouble. The leaders of the temple came to him and said, hey, do you know you are forbidden? It's against the law, they're saying. It's against the law for you to pick up your mat on the Sabbath. It's against the law. You can't do that. You can't work on the Sabbath. They were going to find him or whatever they, they do to people back then. They were going to do, do something to him. But you know what he did? He took their attention away from him and said, The man who made me well said to me. So in other words, I'm not doing this on my own. I'm not doing it by myself. I have been given an order 
to pick up my mat and walk. The man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. You see, the guys who came around him, I'm not quite sure what that represents in your life. But these are the people who were religious police, right? Who wanted everyone to act according to the law. The law says that, so you have to be. And they are the one always watching how people behave, how people carry themselves, you know, how things ought to be done. And I'm not sure if that sounds like the people around you or the circumstances around you that says you can't go this far, you can only come, you know, this far, but you can't go beyond that. You can't think beyond that. You can only think this far. This is only how much you are allowed to earn. This is only how much you are allowed to be free. You know, how free is your freedom? You can't, you can't you know, begin to respond the way you feel like. But this guy is saying, I'm not doing this by myself. I've been ordered. I've been ordered. I've been ordered. And four things, or rather five things I've picked out from there that I'd like us to have a quick look at tonight. He knew he was in trouble, but he, he didn't find it difficult to point to Jesus. Say, hey, it's not me, it's Jesus. If you have trouble, if you, if you aren't happy with it, go get him. I'm just obeying orders. Go get him. Number one, for us to be able to point to Jesus, we need to recognize what he has done. You know how the man said, the man who made me well. The man who made me well. So to be able to point to Jesus, you need to be able to identify what has he done. So the first thing he did, or rather he, he recognized that Jesus did was that he made him well. He didn't say the man who was sitting by me or the, or the other man who, you know, hung around me for 38 years. No, he said the man who made me well. There were so many other people around him, but there was one unique one. The one who made me well. The one who saved me. The one who delivered me. The one who set me free, said to me. So the first thing is to recognize what Jesus has done in your life. So for you to be able to share your testimony or quell the accusation of other people, you need to be able to understand what has he done? What has God done for me? He gave me joy. He gave me family. He gave me hope. Gave me a future. Gave me a job. Whatever he's done for you, you need to be able to bring some recognition to it. The man who made me well. And do you know he didn't even know Jesus' name? All he knew him as is the man. And this man was not like every other man because there were so many other people around. But he just knew there was a man who made me well. 
the man who made me well, what has he done for you? What has Jesus done for you that you've not been saying? But now you can't hide it anymore because the situation has changed. Your circumstance has changed. You've got to recognize what he's done. Number two. Recognize his focus on you. Because he did not ignore you, he focused his whole attention on you. He didn't ignore him. You see, Jesus went to him amongst other people that were lying by the pool of Bethesda. Jesus went to him and said, hey, what would you like me to do for you? And even without reading that whole background, his speech tells the whole story. What did he say? The man who made me well said to me. Did you get it? The man who made me well said to who? You know, there were so many people there. But this guy had to recognize that the master was talking to him. He didn't just say, the man who made me well said. That would have been good. But he was specific. He said to me. He spoke about my situation. He said to me. You see, when he speaks to you and you are attentive, your spirit will become responsive. And until then, nothing will happen. Because if your spirit is not responsive, your body will not follow. The guy only became healed because his spirit was responsive. Do you know what he said to Jesus first and foremost? He said, you know, when the angels come into the water and stir up the water, I'd, I would love to be the first person to jump in and say, but on my way there, someone else goes ahead of me. And don't forget his condition. He was invalid. In other words, he was a vegetable. He couldn't move from where he was. He would try. He would do everything possible, but he couldn't move. He was stuck. You know what? If Jesus hadn't come, he could have been there for another 25 years or 30 or 60. Because he couldn't. His spirit was willing, but his body was weak. He wanted to get in the water. In fact, before the angel ever came to stir up the water, his spirit was in the water. I wish. So he had hopes that he could walk again. But he didn't know how it was going to happen. But when Jesus came to the scene, he recognized that Jesus was not talking to everybody. Jesus was talking to me. So when you listen to God's word, uh, even as I'm speaking right now, do you feel like God is talking to you or he's just talking? See, there's a difference between just hearing the word and applying the word and receiving the word for yourself. Do you point it out to others? Well, uh, you know, I know Isaac probably, you know, thank God pastor is talking about this today because Isaac really needed to hear this. Forget about Isaac. How about you? Is God talking to you? Because until your spirit becomes responsive, nothing will happen. Until you are attentive to him, nothing will happen. So are you attentive to God? 
Or you are attentive by proxy. You are attentive for someone else. Say, I'm just hearing this. My, my neighbors need to hear this. You know, I was talking to my neighbor yesterday, so he really needs to hear this. So after this service, I'm going to get the message and play it for my neighbor. How about you? How about you? Because in every word, in every message, there is a word for you. There's a word for you. So recognize he's focused on you. Your mind, your body, and your soul will respond to him when you are attentive. You will understand what he wants you to do because he's not just talking. He's having a one-on-one chat with you. There were so many people. But what did the guy say? The man who made me well said to me. Said to me. He wasn't talking to others. He was talking to me. Number three, repeat what he said. Don't just stop there. Don't just go, he said to me. Yeah, he spoke to me. But hey, the only way you can quell the accusation of your mind or of other people around you or of those things that are trying to pull you down is by repeating what God said to you. What did he say? What did he say? And that's why I always say to you, don't ever always think that when you come to church, you, you just grab the word like that by just listening. One way to be able to have the word really seated in your spirit is by connecting to the word on three levels. Connect by your spirit, by responding, then hear it with your ears and write it down. Otherwise, as you walk out of here, 90% of what I've said, you would have forgotten. It's only 10% that you probably might go out with. And after two days, you have forgotten everything. Research has it that after 72 hours, you forget everything you've heard. <laughs> you might have little ideas about it. But you've actually completely almost forgotten everything except the circumstance or the context. So, how can you repeat what he has said? You see, the best way when you, you know, for academics, when you're writing papers, is to be able to reference properly. And when you've not referenced properly, they consider it as wrong or that you've stolen someone else's work. But you need to be able to reference Jesus. What has he said? And this guy said, the man who made me well said to me, and he quoted Jesus verbatim. So, when Jesus speaks to you, what has he said? Do you know he, you, you have your own word that he speaks to your spirit? Never forget it. Because it's that word that will save you. It's that word that will keep you away from harm. You know, the devil went to Jesus and said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And what did Jesus say to him? You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And that's right in the scripture. Because Jesus knew his word. Jesus had the word in his spirit. Do you know, the first time we were exposed to Jesus' learning was when he was 12. 
12, not 30, 12. And who knows? And that was because, can I say this this way? Well, yeah, that was because he was in trouble. That was how we even knew the first time. Because his parents were going back, but he was missing. Where is he? Who knew if through the whole wedding ceremony, Jesus was in the temple just studying? Who knew? But not until they found out that he was lost. Where is he? Where is he? And they went back and found him in the temple, speaking with all the people who are way more older than him and probably had studied way much more than him. But he was teaching them. And you ought to have been able to study. You ought to have studied for you to be able to teach. So who knows when he started learning and studying the word. So it's not just at the point where the devil came that he remembered, oh, but he had been studying the word. He said, but Jesus, he is the word. Of course. But he studied the word too because he was human. And that is to show us example of what to do and how to do them. So he said, the man who made me well said to me. And what did he say to him? Pick up your mat and walk. In those few words was his miracle. Do you know that was not the only thing that Jesus said to him? You remember? That was not the only thing that Jesus said to him. Verse 5, please. Verse 5. Okay. So one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? You see, that was the first thing that Jesus said to him. But what did he remember? The one that had the miracle attached to it. That was what he remembered. Jesus, the first thing he said to him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Jesus cut through the noise of the day. Jesus cut through his own noise. Do you know when Jesus went to him and said, hey, do you want to get well? What did he say? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. Was that supposed to be the answer? It was off point. He didn't study the question properly. So he just wrote. Yeah, he didn't analyze the question. So he just kept writing. Like some of us. They give you a question. Just look at it. Oh, yeah, it's biology, isn't it? Yeah, let's just write everything we know about biology. No, that's not the question they asked you. What is the digestive system called? <laughs> so Jesus said, hey, do you want to get well? He said, well, I have no one to help me. That's not the answer. And Jesus went straight, cut through all that noise and said, hey, get up. Take your mat up and walk. And immediately the Bible says he was cured and took up his mat and walked. So repeat what Jesus said. You know, the word that he has spoken to you is worth relying on when trouble comes. Is worth relying on. Because that's all. You see, that word did not only heal him. That word defended him. You see, when the, the guys of the temple came around him and said, hey, 
you're not supposed to be doing this. You're forbidden to do this. Hey, hey, stop, please, stop, 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 stop. The man who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. He was able to reference Jesus properly. So, so I'm not the one in trouble here. And what did he do? He pointed them to Jesus. Go talk to him. Go ask him. Hey, I'm not the one. I'm not the one in trouble. You see, that's human behavior anyway. <laughs> You're always looking for someone to point the blame, put the blame on. Pointing fingers. But this one was a good pointing of fingers. Directed the people to Jesus. And if you read later on, you realize that when the people finally found Jesus, it was Jesus' opportunity to share the gospel, to share about the kingdom of heaven with them. Hallelujah. Number four. Actually, we're still in number three. You know, when he says, repeat what he has said, the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 said, for God has said, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, for God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? I want us to look at that very critically, just a little bit. Hebrews 13, verse 5. You there? I want to show you something there. Because when he's saying, repeat what he has said, he means it. Because you just need to know what he has said. All right, so Hebrews 13 verse 5. Okay, so keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because, all right, so forget that whole part. God has said, never will I leave you. What did God say? Never will I leave you. All right? But who is saying God has said, right? Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid what can mere mortals do to me. So this point is that God has said, never will I leave you. So that we can confidently say. So the point is when God speaks, is to build up our confidence to be able to say what he has said. So he has said so that we can say in confidence. That's what he's saying there. He has said so that we can say in confidence. So whatever he says, be confident in it to be able to repeat it. This guy was confident in what Jesus said. He wasn't missing word. That was what the master said to him. Take up your bed and walk. So when the guys came to him and said, hey, are you sure your miracle is genuine? Because it shouldn't happen on the Sabbath day. He said, hey, I'm not the one. The man who has healed me said to me, take up your bed and walk. So he said it with confidence because it worked. So this scripture is saying God has said so that we can 
Say in confidence. What has he said to you that you can confidently repeat? You see, the words that have settled in your spirit is the same word that you can say in the day of trouble. And you'll be free. Hey, hey, it's okay. The scripture says, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. It says, I am born of God. Greater is he that is in you, in me, than he does in the world. So regardless of what's going on in your life, you just need to understand what has the scripture said about me. What has God said about me? So that you can confidently say the same thing. The last one. Respond to his command. The man who made me well said to me, pick up your bed or your mat and walk. What did you think the guy did? He responded to the command. Do you know what Jesus did not do? Jesus did not plead with him. You know, he only asked the question, do you want to get well? And the guy started complaining and, you know, making all the excuses. He just went straight for it. Because he knew if he continued to seek or plead with his mindset and mentality based on his condition, he would never be healed. Jesus went straight for it and said, hey, hey, stop, stop, stop. Pick up your bed and walk. He wasn't asking him, would you like to pick up your bed? He wasn't trying to be nice to him. He went straight for it. It's a command. You know, at times, God comes straight through your spirit and gives you a command. But command or not, it's completely up to you if you want to respond. Because the command that you respond to is a command that works for you. The man who made me well said to me, pick up your bed and walk. And what did he do? He picked up his bed and walked and realized he was cured. He was invalid. He was completely done. His life was over until he heard the command of the master. And that command cured him. You know, John chapter, John chapter 15, verse 3, he said, the words that I've spoken unto you has made you clean. His words heals you. He sent his word and he healed all their diseases. Respond to his command. Respond to his command. Say to someone, respond to his command. At times the whole noise of your pity party is only an order. It's only an order that can cut through it and get your attention. You know, the Jewish leader said to the man, it is a Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. What did they prefer? To sit there because it is a Sabbath. They'd, they'd rather they obey the law than for someone to be healed. It's a Sabbath. The law forbids you. They've known this guy for 38 years. He's been in the same position. 
They ought to have been happy with him. But instead they go, it's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. So they'd rather protect the tradition and religion than to be happy with the healing of another. And then they were looking for ways to catch him. It's a Sabbath. The law forbids you. Say, hey, hey, calm down. The man who made me well said to me, are you looking for him? You're looking for him. You see, Acts chapter 13 says, look, you mockers, be amazed. Hear the next word, and die. <laughs> Say, for I'm doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. I'm doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe. And it's happening right in your very eyes. But you won't believe it. Say, what, what was that? What just happened? Yet you were there. You didn't know when the miracle happened. What just happened? You were there. You didn't know when someone who is going to be raised to a level of, 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 uh, you know, of whatever God wants him to become grew right before your eyes. Do you know Jesus grew right before their eyes and they didn't realize that this was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? They didn't realize it. They didn't realize it. He grew before their eyes. They only saw him as the son of the carpenter. That's all they knew about him. And when some people were told, they said, will anything good come out of Nazareth? They underestimated him. Unknown to them, this is the son of God that we're talking about. So when God's word comes to you, don't take it for granted. Pay attention to it. Pay attention to it. So those four things again, recognize what he has done for you. Recognize what he has done for you. The man who made me well, he made him well. Number two, recognize his focus on you. He said to me. He wasn't talking to other people. He said to me. He said to me. Repeat what he has said. He said to me, pick up your bed and walk. And then respond to his command. He said to me, pick up your bed and walk. And what did the guy do? He picked up his mat and walked. What would you do today when God gives you a command? Would you obey? Would you want it to, that command to match your condition before you obey? You see, that guy possibly would have felt, um, before you ask me to get up, can you get a sling? And three other people who will help me to stand up first? Because I've been here for 38 years. You know, it's really tiring. My muscles are weak and there's nothing working in my body. Do you understand this condition? Before you pray for me, do you understand my condition? Let me show you what the doctors say about my condition. You know, this kind of condition, you die after five years, you know? So I'm just trying to tell you how bad this thing really is. And you have so much noise going on in your head because you have a whole life of weird experiences. But Jesus is saying to you, hey, take up your bed and walk. The bed has carried you for 38 years. It's time you carry the bed. Stand up. Walk. Walk. You might have felt like you spent the rest of your life in one spot. But it's now time to travel. Would you stand up and walk?
would you respond to his word? Would you respond to him? Would you respond to him? It does not have to match your condition. Do you know that? It does not have to match your situation. You just need to respond to him. Respond to him. You know what he says most times does not make sense. But if only you can see that there is sense in his nonsense. Respond to him. And be made whole. In Jesus' name. The message you've heard was produced by the Trans Edge Church, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us by email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com. Thank you.